the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. On my 401k, you're in the right place. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Authorities in Memphis have released video showing Black Motors Tyree Nichols being beaten by five police officers who held him down and repeatedly struck him with fists, batons, and boots. He later died from those injuries, and when the footage was released last night, it raised new questions about the nation's policing culture. And as Tasha Stevens reports, that special unit in the Memphis Police Department is now under scrutiny. The Memphis Police Department's Scorpion Street Crime Unit, short for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace, is facing calls to disband after several members were involved in the traffic stop that resulted in the beating and death of Tyree Nichols. The unit was created in 2021 to combat gang activity and car thefts between... That is Tasha Stevens reporting. Republican Senator Steve Daines says his party has a good chance of flipping the seats of West Virginia's Joe Manchin, Montana's John Tester, and Ohio's Sherrod Brown in 2024. All hail from red states. This is SRN News. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America... Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country and your old car can really help them so call the veterans car donation program right now for free pickup of your vehicle help the vets and help your taxes at the same time call right now 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 that's 800-884-9018 Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Bane Show, the Biz 1440. Super glad to uh, be back with you for another hour on a chilly morning, uh, four below up here in St. Cloud at the moment. Uh, and um, looks like looks like uh, we'll struggle to get even to a positive uh, ten degrees up here. Um, and uh, we'll be we'll be uh, monitor. I'll monitor the the. Uh, 
the weather largely from home. Hopefully, while I'm uh, just plopped on the couch watching what I think will be two great uh, pro football games this weekend, um, I think I, I just think both these both these games have a chance to be absolutely excellent, and um, maybe not. I mean, it's maybe maybe. Uh, I have to tell you, I actually am. I'm I'm in love with the idea that one of the final four quarterbacks of this of this time is Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the NFL draft. And it turns out he's pretty darn good. <laughs> he's at least he's been good so far. We'll see how he does tomorrow. Um you know what? Uh um I, I'm I'm a purdy backer. Uh I I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cheering for him tomorrow. That's as as much as anybody. It's like, yeah, good for him. Because uh, it'd been easy to just to just uh, you know toss your cards back in the pile and say yeah I'm done, uh, but nope he stuck around he uh, made the roster and uh, when, when they called his number he was there fantastic six five one two eight nine four four seven the number to call with questions and comments uh, John I want to thank you for sticking around uh, hopefully you're still there sir uh, good morning welcome to the King Banyan Show oh good morning. Um, I wanted to ask you about a couple of things. You were speaking about the difference in pricing between the Twin Cities and St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. What I, w- I wanted to ask you is, you ever heard of uh, some people that are out in California attempting a referendum in that state that would raise the minimum wage for fast food employees to 24 to $26 an hour? Yep. It would seem to me that that's an effort by individuals who don't like fast food as a way to just end the fast food industry by making it cost prohibitive. And the the second thing I wanted to ask you, this might seem a long ways out, but is it possible that sometime that we could in America enter into a period of deflation, which might come about if there were new significant supplies of oil from places close by like Venezuela? And COVID was over, and China was at full production, and we were able to uh, become more efficient at the ports, and there weren't any supply backlogs at the ports where the containers came in. Is there ever a possibility that we could have deflation instead of inflation? Well, let me take those in reverse order, John. Uh, On the second point, I remind people, in the second half of the 19th century, our issue was not inflation, it was deflation. Okay, periods of periods of economic decline came with declining prices rather than increasing prices Uh, because we did have these large increases in productivity, adding lots of goods, but also with a lot of investment um, that was uh, in some cases wildly speculative and, and didn't work out. So and and then if you think, John, about the last 15 years, pretty much since the Great Recession of 2008-2009, that period was described as being very low inflation and in some ways maybe even deflation. I know uh, one or two of our listeners that participate on Twitter talk about the fact that this this economy is not really built for a world where where on average you're getting 2% deflation a year because it makes the it makes the uh, real cost of paying off the national debt a lot greater, right? Because you're paying them in more and more expensive dollars, you know, in a deflationary world. Um, so I, it's certainly possible. Um, if, if you're asking, is it possible? Yeah. And in fact, there have been a number of people that have, have talked about that. Um, but it has some really strong, um, it has some really strong problems that arise from it. And I think the point that some of us would make is that there is an incentive, um, I would call it an inflationary bias in a, in a modern economy, that makes generally deflation less likely. And any time we get it, you're likely, as a result, to see very expansionary fiscal and monetary policy to try to suck up that extra supply and return us to a world where you've got preferably low, stable, but still inflation rather than deflation. On your other question, John, I I don't know exactly what the motivation of, 
of the uh, people promoting that referendum. I have I have read about it. I, th- I, I of course I look at it and my first reaction is that's crazy. Why would you do that? And I don't know if it's because they're they're anti fast food. Um, I believe am I. It's, if John's still on the line, maybe he can answer this question because I'm not 100% sure I know this part of the story. I believe that that rule is only applicable to fast food restaurants that are that, uh, that fast food restaurants that have more than 500 employees. Do I remember that right, John? That could be true. I didn't hear that part of it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's true, and I think it's an attempt to to basically <clears throat> stick it to well to pick on someone I just I, I was talking about the last hour Starbucks, McDonald's, uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, all of the fast food, the big chains, whereas the the mom and pop place, the uh, uh, to pick on one place I absolutely adore in 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 Hollywood, Okie Dog. Uh, okay, which is which is this hot dog place that I swear to God, if you're in if you're in the Los Angeles basin, it's like Mecca. You gotta go to Okie Dog. Uh, it's fantastic, and and it will not hit them. It will only hit the as I understood it, and and if that's true, and I'm doing this from memory, and I only read the the story kind of in passing. I didn't spend any time really studying it. So if I'm wrong about that, someone correct me. But if that's true, then I suspect this has more to do with the usual antipathy toward big business, that sort of thing, rather than trying to get people to eat more healthfully. Um, and, and, and that sort of fits the California MO in my mind. Uh, but anyway, John, thank you so much for the call today. I appreciate it. I, I, uh, um, those are both really interesting questions. But if, but like I say, I mean, and and actually, it it kind of ties to, it kind of ties to the uh, uh, to the vacancy tax story that I was going to tell. Maybe I'll just move that up here and can do it. Maybe I can just do it here in a few minutes. But I might take it a little bit longer. There was a exchange between a council member and a and an activist on Twitter earlier this week in um, Minneapolis. Uh, and uh, our friend and sometimes uh, sometimes guest on the show, John Phelan from uh, the Center of American Experiment, uh, tweeted it back to me, tweeted it, uh, uh, wrote about it on the Center of American Experiment's blog um, to talk about uh, something that, uh, so uh, Minneapolis Twitter, I want to know, has there ever been a serious proposal in our city for a vacancy tax I'm so tired of all the emptiness. Active storefronts make a city more vibrant and safer. What can we do? And then, then um, shoots out uh, or or tags in his in Nikki. I think maybe Nikki's a woman. She tags on this uh, this uh, Robin Wansley, who's a member of the city council in Ward Nine, and I think in Ward Nine, um, and says. It says, um, you know, are we talking about vacancy tax? And and uh, Ms. Wansley, Council Member Wansley's response is, we're working on it. And so John's like, oh, my gosh, people, if you want to get people to stop, you know, to stop leaving empty storefronts, how about you deal with things like crime? How about you deal with regulation and all the other things which which are sort of needed downtown? Make our downtowns a little cleaner, et cetera, et cetera. And I read that. I'm like, where did this person get this idea of a vacancy tax? And so I just started to use Google to look at vacancy tax. It turns out there's a whole rampant literature in the housing policy and the and the urban policy literature about vacancy taxes. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. And then I said to myself, well... I think the way to get at it is why do we have why do we have people in homes uh why are why are people why are there vacancies in retail and so I went back and found a study that was done by uh people at the at the Harvard Business School and at New York University um and this comes from the Joint Center for Housing Studies at Harvard 
uh, and they presented a piece at a, at a seminar where they looked at vacancies in Manhattan and asked, you know, what happened there. So they were at least tracking on that. And so there was a whole, they did this whole presentation, and I, I read the presentation rather than watch it. I read their slides to see what was happening. And I think they make a couple of interesting points. What contributes to retail vacancies, right? Well, one is just location, right? Some places are more desirable than others, and those get reflected in changing the price, right? If one part of the downtown is more desirable than the other price of the downtown, the rent in the place that's more desirable should be higher. Um, the, uh, but the, he points out two other things that I think is really, this paper points out two other things that are really interesting. One, landlords typically don't want to lock in tenants long-term. They don't like it. There is a particular storefront in downtown St. Cloud that was was taken out on a five-year lease by someone that wanted to build a a brew pub that sold burgers, okay? And it's a, it's a Minnesota, there's probably like six or seven of these storefronts around, around, the, around the state. I don't think they're, and they might have one in Fargo. I'm not going to name them. They've left St. They opened up and they flopped so badly they closed within a year. But they had a five-year lease. And rather than, rather than try to look around, the landlord's like, well, I got rent payments for the next four years. I don't really need to do anything. Um, so they don't lock in low-rent tenants on a long-term lease. The other thing that happens, and I saw this on another storefront in downtown St. Cloud. Um, actually, it's not a storefront. It's, a, it's an apartment building. Is that the bank from whom they took out the mortgage to build this this apartment building mandated a, a minimum rent that that landlord could charge. They couldn't just cut the price and sell it for anything. They had to cut it a little bit. Here's my point, and it relates to John's question about this this crazy referendum that they're trying, the state referendum they might hold to to control minimum wages. Before you start trying to pass a vacancy tax, maybe you should take a little time to think about what it is that's causing vacancies in the first place. It might be mortgage covenants. It might be the fact that lock-in of a low of a low lease rate is is bad for long term. So, so instead they just let it go vacant because they can't find someone who's willing to take it on a short term lease. Uh, and so forth. And the last point is simply search. It's costly. It's costly for a a landlord and a tenant to find each other. And so those vacancies happen just like there are job openings in the job market that are because the worker and the employer have difficulty finding each other. Okay? And, and you know, you don't have Monster and Indeed out there doing for landlords and and tenants what is done for employers and employees. So that is also an expense, too. Maybe you should try to figure out why the vacancies are there before you start figuring, oh, I'll just tax the vacancy, and that way the landlord will rent it out. Okay? Dumb move, Council Member Wansley. Dumb move. I got to I got to go to a break here. We'll be back. We'll get back to talking about what the Fed needs to do. And I want to talk a little bit about interest rates and 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 something that uh, that uh, Larry Summers said last night on Bloomberg that you should hear as well on the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Your traditional water softener wastes water as if you ran a full washer for just a pair of socks. Commerce Wet Technology Softeners will save you water and salt. Save $400 when you trade in your old salt hog to Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. Good to be talking with you today, uh, 651-289-447. You can ring it just like, uh, just like John did. That was a, that was a good conversation and got me to do the vacancy tax piece. And I'm, I, I'd be happy to talk about that. If you want to call again, 651-289-4477, you have to think about the interaction between tenants and landlords about why they take leases of certain lengths and what it takes to get someone to enter into that lease. Um, I just have, I, I mentioned to uh, Spencer uh, before the show, I just talked to someone who's a, a real estate developer last night. I was out at dinner and he was at a nearby table with a friend, with, with, with a friend, a mutual friend. And what was it, what's interesting is this guy is in his mid seventies and he's still talking about why, why can't we develop this here? Why can't we develop that? It's it, just fascinating. Um, it, it, it It'd be worth it for before anybody acts on that sort of a vacancy tax thing to actually sit some landlords down and figure out why aren't you renting that place out? I'm I'm gonna bet you that the crime issue is probably not the uppermost. That probably matters more to the tenant than to the landlord. Uh, but I'll tell you this as well: if you put a vacancy tax in place, some of that tax is going to get is going to get passed on to the tenant. And that makes it even less likely that that place gets rented out uh, because that's how taxes work. Uh, 651-289-4477, number to call, questions and comments. So we were talking about, and I'm going to repeat, I'm going to repeat a cut on you, Spencer. So let's go, we're going to go back, we're going to go back to when we played before the, before the top of the hour. Um, the, um, 
we were talking about about what the Fed is going to do and the fact that it's difficult to forecast what's happening. This was Larry Summers last night on uh, on Wall Street Week on Bloomberg. Cut number three. My advice uh, to the Fed, which I think is consistent with the path uh, thereon, is to maintain maximum flexibility in an economy where things could go uh, either either way. Right. So and and things could go go either way. Well, that. As I'm trying to read through what Fed, what the Fed participants are likely to do, so we're in that period. Uh, listeners regularly, regular listeners of the King Banyan Show know that that the Fed, ten days before an FOMC meeting, goes dark. So the entire week, the meeting's on Tuesday. So a week ago, yesterday was the last time that Federal Reserve officials are supposed to be speaking in public. They're supposed to they're supposed to take the entire week before the FOMC meeting and then the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the FOMC meeting, they're supposed to not be out in public talking. And then then Thursday this coming week, my guess is you don't want to be standing between them and a microphone because uh, they're going to talk uh, and t- tell you what their reaction was to what FOMC did on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um Let's continue with, uh, this was Larry Summers last night on Wall Street Week on Bloomberg, cut four. I don't think this is a time to be taking possibilities of rate rate hikes off uh, the table. At the same time, I don't think it's a time to be committing to rate hikes, given the indications of uh, softness that we have seen from a number of quarters. So, so one of the things that you should note uh, at the meeting in, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday is, and we've talked about this before, we're going to get a change in who votes on FOMC. So I'm, I'm repeating something. That if you're a weekly listener to the show, you've heard me say this before. FOMC is actually consists of 19 people, the seven governors and the 12 regional presidents. But of the 12 regional presidents, the New York Fed president is the only one that consists that always votes. That's currently John Williams. Um, and that's a permanent vote. John Williams is kind of a real centrist when it comes to policy. Um, the people who are off the Fed right now are off the FOMC in terms of having a vote. So they're on, I should, let me say that differently. They are on FOMC, but they don't have a vote this year. But they had a vote last year. Um, James Bullard, who has been the leading hawk that's out there. Loretta Mester from the Cleveland Fed. She's hawkish. Esther George. Who had and the at the Kansas City Fed, very very hawkish, also retiring this month. And then Susan Collins at the Boston Fed, not the Susan Collins, not the Susan Collins uh, from Maine, the senator, but a different Susan Collins, and she is kind of a kind of a middle of the road kind of person. Here are the four that are going on. Lori Logan, longtime Fed employee, recently elevated to the presidency of the Dallas Fed. She's made exactly one speech. It was back in November and can't really tell what she thinks. I, I mean, when I read it, I can't tell where she is. I, I, I could say centrist, but I would say centrist only because I don't have any better information. Patrick Harker at the Philadelphia Fed, who's not a hawk, but he's also not a super dovey guy either. I've been reading a lot of his, his, he's been out a lot. As opposed to Logan, he's been out a lot talking of late. And I was just looking at his last speech that was, was uh, a week ago yesterday, um, and and this and talking about talking about how the economy's going, he says, "I don't think there's going to be a recession. I think, but 
But what I found interesting is that his forecast for core inflation for 2023 is 3.5%, well over our 2% target, I'm reading from the speech, but suggestive of clear movement in the right direction. Core inflation should fall to 2.5% in 2024 and back down to 2% in 2025. People typically don't think of Harker as being a hawk, but if I read that carefully, I don't think he's indicating that he's going to get too far away pushing against raises in interest rates for the next couple of couple of FOMC meetings. He says GDP growth will be modest, but I'm not forecasting a recession. Labor markets are simply too hot to indicate a significant downturn at this point. He then also says that he thinks there'll be a very slight uptick in employment, topping out at about 4.5% before falling back toward 4%. Um, It is a, quote, it's an underrated advantage that the Federal Reserve is taking on inflation from a position of such labor market strength. He has given himself a lot of room, a lot of room, to raise rates because he doesn't think the unemployment rate's going up. Okay, I've got two more new members of the FOMC to talk about, but you know what? I'm going to take my break here so I can get back on my normal cycle, and we'll tell you who the other two are and why they're really, really different and really, really interesting. Harker and Logan, probably middle of the road. Harker's feeling a little hawkish, not not sure. But wait to hear about the other two coming up right after this. The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. You want to feel important. You want to feel a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We felt that way too. I'm Second Lieutenant Logan Swanson from Rosemount, Minnesota, and that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Minnesota Army National Guard soldiers. We are people, just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit nationalguard.com forward slash MN to find out more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard and aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. It looks like a map of tiny rivers on a tiny continent. I see an intricate spider web created by spiders who studied French Impressionism in college and wear berets. I see a geometric pattern reminiscent of alien crop circles. That long scar on Frankenstein's forehead? It looks like that. A San Francisco sidewalk after an earthquake. It looks like when I spilled wine on the new carpet. Good idea to bring that up. It's Humpty Dumpty after he had that thing. Poor guy, that must have really left a mark. Stare at it all you want. It's not going away. That crack in your windshield could cost you a ticket. It hinders visibility, it's unsafe for you and your family, and it's only going to get worse. Make one call to Advantage Auto Glass. What's the advantage? Free mobile service, on-time scheduling wherever and whenever you want, the highest quality parts and adhesives. They'll settle that claim and your insurance picks up the tab. So don't let a minor annoyance turn into a major problem. Call Advantage Auto Glass at 952-423-6396 or go to ReplaceMyWindshield.com. C.S. Lewis once said, education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. 
To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening to us today, 651-289-4477, with questions and comments. Um, so we're running through what's likely to happen Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. Where we, we And what we did in the last segment is we told you, here are the four people leaving the FOMC. Three of them are truly, I would argue, the most, yeah, I would, well, no, I'm going to make an argument why, why someone coming on might fit in that group. Three of the four most hawkish folks on inflation had votes on FOMC last year and do not as of now. Right. So when they show up at Tuesday, they don't get to vote, whereas at the meeting in December, they did. And four other FOMC people get to vote, four other Federal Reserve presidents get to vote who didn't before. By the way, can I briefly mention this? I'm reading stories about the possibility that Lael Brainerd, the vice chair of the Fed, another FOMC and a, and a voting member of FOMC, is being considered to become chair of the National Economic Council, replacing Brian Dees. Um, I don't get this. Being vice chair of the Fed is a pretty big deal. You get to be, you you have a pretty powerful position there. And I, I for the, for the life of me, I don't understand why Ms. Brainerd would switch to NEC. Maybe maybe she just really, really likes President Biden. Okay, that's fine. But I'm telling you, if it turns out she makes this change, that actually is super interesting news for way in ways that um, only a DC insider probably could love. There's no good reason um, why you would give up the vice chair of the Fed to become to become the head of the National Economic Council. It has no power. It is simply an advisory. It's an advisory position to the president. um, And she's got, she's arm's length from the president now being over at the Fed. And unless she somehow thinks she's got something she really wants to see happen and thinks she can persuade President Biden to do, there's no reason why she should do this. There's, there's a, uh, while, while, how do I pronounce his last name? Adiemo, Wally Adiemo, uh, who is a, who is an assistant, uh, assist or, uh, yeah, he, he's an assistant secretary at treasury, um, who's been very close to the, to the, uh, Biden campaign. And now, the, uh, there, there are other people who can do this job. Heather Boucher, I, I think is the name that I don't think people have talked about. It's like, I don't understand why she wouldn't be on the list because, because I know the Bi- I know the Biden economic team really she's part of it and they really like her and she and she might actually not be bad at the job at all uh, in terms of providing providing advice to the president she's a she's a reasonably good economist and has actually more of the economics chops than some of the other people they're talking about. Let me then turn to the other two votes on the Fed that are on FOMC who are coming on board. One of them is a name we've played many times uh, and came as a small surprise to me that he became the head of the Chicago Federal Reserve just three weeks ago, and that would be Austin Goolsby, longtime member of the economics faculty at uh, the University of Chicago. Um, why a surprise to me? The first time I met uh, Austin Goolsby was at an academic conference when he was a session talking about state taxes, state taxation. I've always thought of Goolsby as being a fiscal policy and actually a local and state government fi- public finance guy. Never thought of him as having interest in, in the Fed. People are saying he's going to be a dovish vote at the Federal Reserve. 
I have absolutely zero idea what he will do. I know I'm on record on the show. If you go back and listen to the podcast, you'll say this. Just as I have praised for uh, Ms. Uh, for Dr. Boucher as being a fine economist with whom I probably agree very little. Um, I think Austin Goolsby is one of the one of the very very good economists in the country right now. I, I would I would make I. I think I think he's really sharp. I've always enjoyed his work, particularly particularly in public finance. I thought he was he was tremendous. Um, I'm very curious what he'll do in this role. People are assuming he's dovish. I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, to some extent, but he's very data driven, and I think to, and I think he's likely not to be a huge anchor pulling the Fed away from raising rates if the data push you in that direction. The other one that's on there is our own Neil Kashkari from the Minneapolis Fed. I am looking I'm looking at the last piece he said. I don't think he's given a speech since in January. Um and so he's been he's been he wrote a piece on Medium that uh, has been republished at the Minneapolis Fed titled Why We Missed on Inflation and Implications for Monetary Policy Going Forward. Um, I've been wrestling with why we missed this high inflation and what we can learn going forward. To state clearly, I was solidly on team transitory, so I am not throwing stones. But many of us, those inside the Federal Reserve and the vast majority of outside forecasters, together made the same errors in first being surprised when inflation surged as much as it did, and assuming that, second, assuming that inflation would fall quickly. Why did we miss it? So he's engaged in sort of like, hey, I messed up. I wonder why I messed up. And, and, and does that, and then you get to to the uh, what should happen next, and his forecast for 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 the Fed funds rate for 2023. Uh, his forecast for 2023 is, I'm trying to make sure I get the right one. My December 22 projection was 5.4 percent uh, for the end of 2023. He's one of the, and that is coincides with we know from other statements that that Jim Bullard's made that President Bullard, who was voting last year, had the same statement of economic projections forecast in December as as Kashkari has revealed himself to have. So here's my point: you had three very conservative votes. When I say conservative, I mean inflation hawk, meaning raise rates faster. Those three have been placed by two people who are centrist, one person we have zero track record on, not even given a speech since he joined the Fed, but who has a long record of giving his opinion on CNBC, Bloomberg, and every place else when he uh, was was a faculty member at Chicago. And Kashkari, who says, I was a dove, and I messed up, and now is forecasting federal funds rate to go as high as as the most hawkish member had just a month ago. That's why I think, yeah, the Fed will probably come in on Wednesday and say, we're going to raise rates by 25 basis points. The Bank of Canada this past week raised rates 25 basis points to the four and a half, to the level where the Federal Reserve is right now, but added... We intend to pause here. We do not at this moment anticipate raising rates further. And and to my astonishment, people who are who we should think are credible were saying, Oh, that's a signal about what the Fed might do next. Um I'll politely say I think that's a lot of apple butter. I think there's no reason that this Fed is going to come in and say that they're not is not I don't think there's any reason for the Fed to come and say that they're going to 
pause here. And I think that's why Larry Summers said what he said last night on Wall Street Week. I'm going to play this cut one more time. Cut number four. I don't think this is a time to be taking possibilities of rate rate hikes off uh, the table. At the same time, I don't think it's a time to be committing to rate hikes, given the indications of uh, softness that we have seen from a number of quarters. Right. I think that's directly speaking back to the idea that we should follow the lead of the Bank of Canada. Okay? We're not doing that. The Fed has not set that up. I cannot, it would be, I've said, and I, I, I've said in the past, had I been, had I been uh, uh, king, not Duke, not Earl of the Federal Reserve, I would have, I would have been signaling that I was really leaning toward 50 basis points. Outside of uh, Bullard, no one has said that. I now believe that uh, the, that the Fed has been pretty clear in public statements that they're going to do 25. I don't think they can do 50 anymore. But I also think that they've been very clear that they, that, you know, and that you've got two people saying there's still 100 basis points to go or after Wednesday, 75 basis points to go to where they had forecasted they would be at the end of 23. I don't think there's any reason to change that statement at this time. I think you continue to say um, we still have options to raise rates again at the next meeting. We probably, you know, it's now to me it's going to be 25, and then they're going to have the option to go 25 again, at, you know, at uh, in the middle of March. And then the real question is, will they have a third 25 out there at the end of April? I think that they're still in the position where they could do that. Let's take a break here. When I come back, I want to play you one more piece of Summer's interview from last night because this was a really intelligent breakdown of what you should be thinking about interest rates going forward. And I want you to hear it in its entirety uh, right after this. King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless, and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marian Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, prolifeacrossamerica.com. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. 
and school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Brighten someone's day with a free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. If you're a bass player, that is just such a fantastic line to start with. Get your get your get your drummer go stand. When I did play bass in a band when I was in college, and one of my habits was to basically put the heel of my right, the heel of my right foot up against the bass drum, and we, I thought we were pretty good. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. If you've got a last minute question or comment, I was going to play the, the the summers clip, but I have to point this out first. I may not have time for it. So so, uh, but I do want to point this out because Lynn responded to this post I, at the beginning of the hour. I tweeted out a graphic that that frankly, because I was working with a phone call, I lost track that I I had put that up here. Here is the danger of the Fed stopping too soon. Why I think Canada may have. Bank of Canada might be mistaken, which is, if you look, I, I tweeted out a a, a a link to an art a blog post uh, from uh, from uh, some someone uh, from someone who had taken the path of inflation in in this period and compared it to the path of inflation in the 1972-73 period. 72.73 is a big oil price shock. I got my driver's license in the middle of 1973. My task, my task in 1973 would be I'd come home from school. My dad would toss me the keys to the car, which sounds great so far. I would drive down to the nearest gas station where there were lines because we had maximum prices on gasoline. And so the response to a binding price ceiling on gas, a price cap on gas, was the gas station would only sell you four or five gallons a day because otherwise they'd run out for all their other customers. And Dad wasn't going to go wait in that line. New driver was going to go wait in that line. So I'd go stand, and, and you know, next I'd come back. My parents had three cars. We had a... We had we had a truck that we used to take stuff to the flea market. Dad had Dad had his boat, his Cadillac, and my mom drove a Ford Maverick. Uh, and each day, I would go wait in line to fill one of those three cars up. Um, and and that was the inflation that you're looking at there. Here's what happened: we had the oil price shock uh, in '73. Inflation shot up. The Federal Reserve had to pull back against it. We had wage and price controls, which were being relaxed at the same time. The Fed raised rates, and then and then as the interest as the inflation rate started to subside from like seven, eight, nine percent back down to about four percent, we entered a recession in 1975, and the Fed relaxed and it started to cut rates. You can see what happened after that. When it cut rates, we then entered the period where we coined the word stagflation. Stagflation consists of high inflation and rising unemployment at the same time, or high unemployment at the same time. That was most of the period of 1978, 79, and 80. Of course, in that in that period, we had the second OPEC price shock, Okay, where the price got up to the lofty levels of over $1 a gallon. Okay, when I was when I first filled up a car, 
1973. The price I paid at the pump was 49, 49.9 cents a gallon because that was the cap in New Hampshire. I went back and looked it up. 49.9 cents was the cap on a price of a price of leaded gasoline at that time. And and so and so I I think I recall it was 5 gallons of gas was all you were allowed to buy. And I would wait in that line and I would play the radio and so that's why I know all these songs from 73 and 74 and 75 cuz I spent a lot of time waiting to fill up a fill up a gallon of gas. Um so that's but my point is this is what the Fed did. The Fed did the rate hikes, saw the rate come down, and before they came all the way back down to two percent, they 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 entered a recession. the The unemployment rate went up, and we went back into another period of high inflation, which was only cured by Paul Volcker and then and then and then Ronald Reagan in the nineteen eighties, um, which was a gut-wrenching recession in 81A2 and not something that anybody would like to live through again. Yes, I, you know, I worship I, I worship St. Reagan, St. Ronald, just like uh, Mitch Berg does. Uh, I thought he was a great president, but the recession of 81A2 was horrible. I was glad I was in graduate school and not having to face the real world at that particular moment. It was a tough time. Um... I think that that if the Fed were to choose to back off and start to reduce inflation as the Bank of Canada is now wobbling a little bit, I think they would have a problem. Europe is in a worse place. Europe already has inflation higher than we do. Europe already has has signs that they're that outside of Germany has signs that unemployment's beginning to increase. I think the European Central Bank is in a worse place than we are. I think we're in a good place, but that's why I liked what I read to you from Harker, from Patrick Harker at the Philadelphia Fed, who will be voting on Tuesday and Wednesday, for him to say that, in fact, we have room. And he's saying, you know, I don't think the unemployment rate is going to get above 4.5%. It's at 35 now. They're basically saying we can take a 1% increase in unemployment without changing our plans and if they if they say that then that tells me that rates are likely to be higher so moral of the story you should be expecting that when when Jay Powell comes out on on Wednesday afternoon and talks about the FOMC meeting do not expect that they're going to say anything like they're going to pause I think they'll be pretty firm that they still have rate increases in their in the cards to come and you should plan accordingly. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. Spencer, thank you for your work down down at the mothership. And we'll be back with you next week. And I'm just going to say it right now. Go Brock Purdy. King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-504-1123. 800-504-1123. That's 800-504-1123. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues.
issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Does inflation have you worried? Maybe you have an appliance or two on life support or dated ones that need to be renewed before the holidays? Don't worry. Appliance Renew has your back. Hey, it's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew. We have a large inventory of brand new name brand scratch and ding appliances at 20 to 50% off. Appliance Renew is your peace of mind solution in these crazy economic times. We have over 250 brand new scratch and ding appliances from LG, Whirlpool, GE, Maytag, Frigidaire, and more. Just waiting for you in our Farmington showroom. All appliances are brand new with a little ding or two. We thoroughly inspect and test everything, and we stand behind our appliances with a complete one-year warranty. Whether you're looking for washers, dryers, stoves, refrigerators, dishwashers, ovens, or more, you'll find it at Appliance Renew in downtown Farmington. Stop by today or search for Appliance Renew online. Saving money is worth the drive when a little ding. Breaking free from debt. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.